From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Wowee! Morning, TFI Friday. It's been a long week. It is nearly the weekend, uh, but please don't go anywhere. We have so much to cover on today's show. I'm Natalie Chill. Uh, Rick and Gemma will be with me to take you up to the next hour. Um, <clears throat> I still have the lurgy, uh, so please bear with me Well, while I talk through my phlegm and my bunged up nose. I have woman flu, so I will appreciate any sad uh, comments and sympathy for me in the online chat. And uh, please remember that you can see our faces as well now. So uh, get on YouTube or get on TNTradio.live and you can stream us and uh, actually look at our faces while we're talking as well. It is Black Friday today. And I thought after last year, if you remember, we got told it was racist. And it needs to be renamed because you can't call it Black Friday because that would be against uh, a minority of people. But it's rolled around again and we have Black Friday all the same. It's a time of the year when uh, the shops put their prices up for the months and months before and then give you illusion uh, that you're having a bargain when actually it's at the same price. Uh, So I've already checked. I've been looking today. Uh, uh, My kids want some gaming laptops and uh, they're exactly the same prices they have been for months, exactly as I suspected. So let me know. uh, Are you going to get a bargain? Uh, Do you think it should be renamed? What what, what could we name it instead of Black Friday? And talking of a bargain or not, as the case may be, I got my car insurance quote yesterday through. And uh, do you remember the good old days when you'd get older and you'd get no claims discount and your insurance would go down? Well, I'm 41. I've got seven years, no claims. And my car insurance quote has gone up £110. Uh, So apparently it's uh, because of uh, car crime, electric vehicles. uh, That's the increase or cost of living crisis. I don't know. But either way, yeah, it's a pain. It's a hassle. I'm not happy. I have to shop around. I will more than likely be able to match it, phone them up, probably get the same price. But do I want to? Can I be bothered? No. And should I be uh, punished? For other people, when I'm driving well, I've not had a car accident in seven years. And what's more, on Black Friday too, when I'm supposed to have a bargain. So I'm not very happy about it. Uh, that's me rant for now for the day. We'll have a pause and we'll introduce uh, Rick and Gemma here at TNT Radio. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT Wow, I've just read in the online chat. Now, Caramac is on bulk on Amazon. Wow, thank you, Holly. You might have just made my day. Maybe Black Friday might not be so bad after all. But we do have big news to cover. Um, I'm going to pass over to Rick, obviously being over in Ireland. uh, You obviously must have heard uh, about the stabbings and the riots. So he's just going to give us a lowdown on what's going on over there. Yeah, so basically, um, we can touch on this here this morning, but there's a lot in this story, Uh, not just the initial attack that happened. Uh, Three children and a lady were stabbed in uh, Dublin Centre yesterday. Uh, A Brazilian 
delivery driver, <laughs> excuse me, actually came to the rescue and possibly saved uh, more lives. He attacked the attacker uh, with his motorbike helmet. He was subdued until emergency services arrived. And then last night, basically, uh, Dublin uh, city centre was a, a complete riot. So it was terrible. There was uh, buses set on fire. There was a uh, hotel set on fire. There was uh, police cars set on fire. The police were attacked. The police were beating other people. It was absolute pandemonium. And actually, if I can just say in the, in the Locked and Loaded show, I have Mark Malloy on from Ireland, and we're going to be covering a lot of this in more depth. So just uh, to give people a flavor, Natalie, in case they haven't heard about this story, this is what happened. So uh, the nationality of the stabber, has been revealed. He was an Algerian. And of course, following on the back of the Ashling Murphy murder by a Slovak immigrant and also uh, the murder of two gay men and decapitations last year by another immigrant, tensions are running high, given that people's uh, views are not being taken into consideration when uh, humongous amounts of men are being put into communities. And this is something we've covered repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly here on TNT, questions need to be asked. And I think everything reached a tipping point last night uh, because three children were stabbed and one of the little girls who's five is still in a critical condition in Ireland. And just uh, to throw it over to you two ladies uh, for your input on this one, the headline, uh, one of the headlines this morning in the Irish Independent is hate on the streets, referring to the people that came out and were attacking uh, other people, uh, burning and looting, which is wrong. It it accomplishes nothing. Violence accomplishes nothing on the streets, burning, looting, attacking police. I, can, I, I don't condone that at all. However, to say that there was hate on the streets and directing it to those people, the fires, to my knowledge, didn't kill anyone last night. The looting didn't kill anyone last night or put anyone, any children in hospital. The attacker did, and you've got to understand it in the context of what's been happening in Ireland and the tensions that are bubbling up. I think it reached a head last night, and uh, I don't know where it will go from uh, from this point. Yeah, thank you, Rick. Gemma, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I think it's very telling when you look at the coverage. There is absolutely no context, and the focus is on the violence, uh, not the violence perpetrated towards tiny little children and um, allegedly their school teacher that came to their rescue. It's all about the, um, the the focus is on the police. Oh, the police chief is saying there's been no serious injuries to the police. But what about the poor people that were stabbed? You know, that's trauma that will stay with those children for life, for life. You know, that something like that happens to you, that's going to stay with you. Those kids are going to need counselling and therapy and so is the teacher. What about them? You know, the focus is all about the, the scenes that we're seeing. The focus is not on the victims at all. There's lip service to it at, at the bottom of every single mainstream media article. Oh yeah, um, our thoughts are with the victims and, and what's happened to them. That's after acres and acres and acres of coverage about what's happened on the streets. And of course, the, the, the magic words, far right, lunatics they've been branded as these people with no context whatsoever about the historic uh, attacks murders decapitations as you rightly say rick no context just sensationalism and and the victims are right at the bottom of all this and it really is a disgraceful piece of so-called journalism by the mainstream not just in ireland but you know the reaction to this from other mainstream outlets um it obviously would as well play straight into the powers that be's hands about we need tougher laws, stop this kind of thing happening. And then, you know, people are saying that the people who've come out onto the streets, the, the commentary about the people that have come out onto the streets to vent frustration, it's like a pressure cooker, isn't it? If you don't allow people an outlet to express themselves, if you don't listen to people, this is an inevitable 
conclusion. And, and of course, it's going to play into we need more laws. We need to toughen up. We need to we need to clamp down on these lunatics. Well, I would wager that somebody who stabs children is also a lunatic. But that is not being addressed at all. No, it's not. No, you. Uh, uh, my sentiments exactly, Gemma. Um, I was going to say uh, something very similar along those lines. I believe uh, part of the reason uh, that they are having this uncontrolled immigration is because they are looking for civil unrest. So as you've rightly pointed out, rather than focus on the main part of the story, which should be uh, the terrible stabbing of a child, uh, it will be now on the riots. Um, I've got some examples here as well. Um, we're talking divide and conquer. We're talking division here. These are what's coming up on my ex uh, time line yeah adam lynch of course the immigrants will be blamed for what happened today in dublin but here's a fun fact the hero who jumped on that natter and saved a load of people was you guessed it a brazilian immigrant mm -hmm. now these are the type of things that are coming up the next one i am a woman in ireland immigrants do not make me feel unsafe refugees do not make me feel unsafe these irish men are actually what me make me feel unsafe this is what is being pushed on social media so you know it, it it's it's awful that, unfortunately, these riots are playing into the hands of the government. Whilst the event was horrific, tragic, they will jump on it. They will pounce on it. They will exploit it for their own means. And uh, they will then push things like this on social media uh, for more division. And uh, it, it, it's truly um, upsetting. And uh, it won't be long, I think, in Ireland before they're pushing for more. It, the answer is going to be digital idea. We need to monitor this situation the violence is getting out of hand you know martial law do we need army on the streets i mean rick will i'll pass it back to you because you will know far more about this in ireland obviously ireland for a long long time uh had problems uh, with violence and stuff on the streets anyway are we going back to those times and is that what will be suggested possibly well um we've talked again uh, and this is why i'm saying this is such a huge topic this morning because it factors in everything that you and Gemma have just mentioned, which is the buildup of tension, uh, protesting people's voices being ignored. That's one thing, Gemma, by the way, that I think we're seeing, especially in Wales, uh, the amount of uh, backlash, for example, against that one policy of 20 miles per hour. Drakeford has completely ignored it. Half a million people didn't want it, completely ignored. So people are being almost given the message that, okay, you can write to your MP, you can get your online petitions, you can't even take to the streets, you can make your voices heard, but we are paying them absolutely no attention whatsoever. And if I can refer back just to that article, this is the reason why I picked it was just very simple. It shows you the reporting style on this incident, but the comments under the article tell a story much the same as you've referenced some uh, comments there uh, that you've seen this morning, Natalie. So the comments said, hate on the streets of Ireland, the responses being, for example, three children stabbed, and this is what headline you went with. Uh, someone else has said, no, it's not hateful people, it's angry people. Uh, another man said the main headline should have read, terror attack on the streets, uh, girl five fights for life after being stabbed by Algerian migrant. You know, that's the sentiment 
sentiment here. And again, the media are not picking up on the fact that what caused this, they're just looking at the ratting. And again, I can't say this strongly enough. I don't condone the ratting. I, I, it serves no purpose to destroy uh, buses and attack police and burn police cars out. There needs to be a concerted focus here on removing uh, this government or huge protests against this peacefully in the center of Dublin with no violence. So again, it's playing into the hands of the instigators of this. And of course, there were uh, right there were extreme factions in that crowd last night that, let's be honest, didn't give a damn about the girls that were stabbed or the woman yes. that was stabbed. They were just out there for trouble as well. So it's just this huge, uh, you know, pot that we have here that's simmering and is being brought to the boil. And when it boils over, much the same as a pot does on your, you know, your hob or whatever it is that you cook on, you know, it makes a mess everywhere. And that's precisely what's going here. It has to happen because that's the trajectory that we're on. I'm not being fatalistic or doom merchant about this. I'm just observing what I can see. And my my wife actually was working just around the corner yesterday. We live about 100 miles for Dublin, but she happened to be in Dublin at the time. Uh, and they left just before the ratting started. Uh, she had a long journey back home last night. They were delayed even getting back up to Belfast again. So, you know, it was close to home for me by, you know, proxy, uh, which was unsettling as well. It was literally around the corner from where she was working yesterday. So, yeah, uh, a lot of cause for concern in Ireland at the minute, ladies, I would say. I would uh, I wanted to point out as well, um, I'd seen um, on X, we do not know whether these are true. Um, it was videos and messages about people who were going there to deliberately start problems Um that basically, like as you said, nothing to do with the stabbing people who who are going there. Um, what, 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 whether they're being funded by someone, whether they just want violence, whether you know, you're almost like hooligans. I don't know. Football, it's like football hooligans now. Almost, think you, yeah. And you're a fan of football. There are people like, yep. You know, people people go there. They don't go there to support uh, West Ham. They don't go there to support Arsenal or Tottenham. No. They go there because they want to get in a firm uh, and fight and create violence and havoc. They're not real fans. They're just uh, piggybacking uh, off of the back of a team uh, to cause violence. Of course, we have those factions there last night as well. They made a part of the crowd of people did. that were on the streets of Dublin. And and we saw the same with the cenotaph. It, it just reminds me of, of the same type of incident that they were basically saying to people, you know, go there. With, and, and, and we saw supposed violence there, much worse on the streets of Dublin, but it's happening in lockstep. And if you get civil rest and that continues to keep happening, then unfortunately, Gemma, they're going to take in uh, or, or push more uh, restrictions and removal of our freedoms in the name of, uh, of peace. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the, the restrictions, restrictions, restrictions. I think it's any excuse now to bring in restrictions. And uh, just uh, going back to some of the language used in the uh, mainstream media coverage and some of the quotes from the chief of police, he was saying that the um, the, the attacks were appalling, but they're a matter for the police and anyone who uses it as an excuse against social inclusion. So he's saying, you know, if you go on, onto the streets, you're against social inclusion. Well, you, you mean we want to include people who attack children? Is that where this is going? You know, inclusion of, of people who are clearly mentally ill, clearly you've got some very strong issues, attacking children. No, no, social inclusion. We want to include them. It's going to make the situation a million times worse, you see. Um, but you have to ask the right questions about where did these people come from and are they being funded to cause trouble? Is it part of some great orchestration? It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Agent provocateurs have been around since the beginning of history. So 
yeah, we, we need to keep a very close eye on this. It's not going to suddenly go away, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, we need to take a, a, a quick break, but I just wanted to point it out. There are some um, different opinions in the online chat. Some people are saying violence is what's needed, direct action. Um, but I would also say, you know, if you do get that, you know, you are also giving them an excuse uh, to bring in more restrictions. So, you know, you have to try and weigh up, you know, how that's going to work. But please uh, keep telling us uh, what you think on that online chat. We- we'd like to know. Thank you again, uh, Gemma. Uh, have a lovely weekend. I will see you on Monday. Uh, and we've got more stories to cover here at TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I'm a native New Yorker. I've lived here most of my life. I love the energy. I love all the cultural opportunities. I love just the street scene. But not anymore. New York, to use Donald Trump's famous phrase, is now a shithole. Warren Wilhelm, Bill de Blasio, and Eric Adams destroying the legacy in in just a few short years of Rudy Giuliani and Bloomberg. We had low crime, we had booming tourism, we had booming business. Even with the 9-11 terrorist attacks, business in New York, it rebounded, it was booming. We've got beautiful, gleaming new apartment buildings. It breaks my heart to see what has been done to my native state, whose motto, Excelsior, means ever upward. But these last 20 years, unfortunately, they've been ever downward again not by accident, all by design. And what's the root of the problem? The root of the problem is our crooked elections. The Timothy Shea Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. (laughs) When the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. 
As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. The Net Zero Con will leave millions of citizens dependent on state handouts. It isn't a theory, it's an agenda. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7, this is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, um, we're back. I've just seen uh, somebody put in, uh, Tony Blair launches new drive for digital ID cards to tackle illegal immigration. Uh, that, that was in the Telegraph. I've just seen that on X. Uh, so you know they are they are using uh, these riots uh, and uh, keeping keeping the small boats in the headlines. Remember, yes, we're frustrated about it, but there's a reason they make sure we know they're coming in. There's a reason where they they're not trying to hide the fact uh, that the 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 man that did the stabbing uh, was an immigrant. Uh, if they wanted to, we know they can hide what they like, uh, but they want there to be civil unrest and they want there to be uh, problems, don't they, Rick? Yeah, they do. And of course, uh, big thanks to everyone as usual for their participation in our live chat. There's always a great uh, spectrum of opinion in there. Just a couple of things that I want to pick up. And again, I respect everybody's opinion, but I just want to pick up on a couple of comments. One was uh, Valence is the answer. Uh, that's what a comment said. Michael Moore said, it's what they fear. Valence is our only defense. We fight them or we lose. Okay, that's uh, your opinion. Uh, even Mark said, uh, Rick, I disagree. Direct action is the only way we get heard. Yes, direct action and uh, violence are two very different things. And I, I'm qualified to an extent to talk about this. And in the second hour, if you stay tuned for Locked and Loaded, Mark Malloy will, will probably say the same thing. He's an Irishman as well. Uh, we grew up during the Troubles here. So for 25 odd years, we had daily bombings. Uh, killings, shootings, violence against the army, the army killing people, people killing the army, the police uh, fighting people, people fighting people. It was just a nonstop uh, circle of violence. And at the end of it, it accomplished absolutely nothing except three and a half thousand odd people were killed, maimed. Many more were maimed. Uh, many people had to flee the country. And then a ceasefire was caused. And if any progress has been made uh, in the north of Ireland over the last, you know, 50 years, it's all been done since the violence actually ceased. So I understand frustration. Believe me, I understand frustration. But burning uh, police cars and uh, burning hotels, uh, setting fire to them with people in them uh, to further your cause, it accomplishes nothing. Uh, it doesn't get to the root cause of the problem. It's just an expression of anger, which I understand. I understand it, but it accomplishes nothing. There needs to be a huge concerted effort, people coming together here to put an end to this. And if people are always asking, oh, well, what's your solution, Rick? What do you suggest? My solution has been the same even during the lockdowns. Try, listen, if people get together in enough numbers, mass non-compliance, and say, for example, cause massive strike actions to say, we, the people, are not happy. You, the government, are not doing right by us. People are dying as a result of this. Grind the country to a halt for a period of time. Bring the country to its knees infrastructure-wise without destroying anything. Believe me the government will take note and take action. And if you want to look at the, the effectiveness of that, you know, 
look through history at any times that that type of industrial action has been brought in. And it has to be a better alternative than killing people and just resulting to the same actions as the people that you're protesting against. You know, violence, beginning violence, the, all, all it brings when when you use an eye for an eye, all you end up with is a as a as a country full of blind people, Natalie. And and isn't that what we're seeing with Israel and and um, Palestine at mm-hmm. the moment? You know, didn't Israel take direct action? And where have we got? Where where, where is the vi- where where is it getting them at the moment? To be honest, I don't even read most of the stories because it it's literally looks to me there's just violence on both sides. And who are, is actually winning? Does any side win, or just just innocent people uh, uh, suffer in the end? And the governments um, end up being the main winners uh, in terms of uh, uh, the the violence itself, but also the money they earn from it and their arms. So, yeah, we need to uh, take a quick break. And we've uh, got uh, for the headlines and then we've got Dan uh, from New South Wales on the phone after we come back. I have some even more exciting news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Violent riots erupted on the streets of Dublin on Thursday night after several children were injured in a mass stabbing at a primary school, which is rumoured to have been committed by a migrant. It's been revealed Germany is running out of money for Ukraine, with reports suggesting Berlin won't be able to deliver Kyiv any more tanks than it has already pledged. And the planned ceasefire between Israel and Hamas was due to start on Friday morning, with the first hostages expected to be released Friday afternoon. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, we've got a caller on the line. Just before we get to him, a, a shout out to Philip Dwyer, who's an Irish citizen journalist. Uh, I was watching some of this footage last night, and Philip is a very uh, peaceful man. He goes to different places with just his camera, and he makes little video reports. But last night, he was brutally assaulted, uh, allegedly, by the Irish police last night, and he actually showed video footage of his leg. It looked like his shins were fractured, and he was talking about putting off going to the hospital until the next day. So he's in a bad way as a result of this. So, uh, uh, thoughts out to Philip Dwyer as well. Hopefully he makes a, a good recovery in that one. And also, uh, we have a caller on the line here this morning. We have Dan from New South Wales. Dan, thank you for calling and welcome to Open Line. Uh, thanks for taking the call, Rick. How are you going? Not bad, mate. Um, not bad. Um, I think it's like the ghost of Hannibal. If you know your Roman history, I think the West is kind of like Rome. It is like the inheritor of Rome. And North Africa is like Carthage and Hannibal trying to kill Romans. And they, they, <clears throat> they've done it heaps of times, Rick. And they have this anger, like this is the ghost of Hannibal, it's angry and it wants to kill people in the West. And you know, what happened last time is you had Scipio Africanus, he went and he um, went and destroyed Carthage and destroyed the Carthaginians there in North Africa, but they started it. And we just, being attacked by people who hate us and we can't have that anymore you know <laughs> you can't allow the enemy into the um you don't open the gates to the enemy and they're trying to destroy you rick yeah so well tell me this dan you you live in new south wales let me let me say this as well the attack isn't just coming any attack that's coming is not just coming from uh overseas uh we're also being effectively uh we've been oppressed and we've been attacked by our own governments 
for the last three yeah. years, uh, whether it be via lockdowns, whether it be via draconian policies, they're clamping down on our freedom of speech. They're mandating injections, medical experimental injections, even to be able to earn money, to put a roof over our heads and feed our families. So is it a fair point, Dan, to say that the assault that's coming at the minute on all of us, and this is not just contained to any one area, it's coming from multiple multiple uh, angles, multiple fronts? Yeah, uh, I mean, when you said a few years, I kind of laugh, Rick, because it's it's hundreds of years. Well, I know yeah, that. I, I know that, but I'm, yeah. I'm being focusing on one particular time here that yeah, everybody so the can relate to. Yeah, the last few years, it's, it's changed. It's, it's, it's a bit different. It's accelerated. Mm-hmm. And the system, you know, so the British system has failed, okay? Even though if you're Irish and antagonistic to it, right, you're still, you're still relying on it in some ways to work properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's not. It's turned against the same people. It's really disgusting. And, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Um, what, what do you think the answer is, um, in, in your uh, opinion, Dan? What do you think that the people should be doing about it? I'm not as much of a Democrat as everyone else, I don't think. I'm more um, conservative in a way, like, because I'm looking at Roman history and British history, okay? And I think we have the wrong king, right? I think you need to have the right king. You need to have the correct order in place, okay? And it's, we need to re-establish the basics, if you know what I mean, and just have a, establish the basics. King Charles is a pervert and a pedophile and needs to be arrested. We know that's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen because he's 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 protected, in, in, entrenched in that position, and that family has been entrenched in their right. position for an awful long time. And this is the this is the when problem we that, that we face with that violence. Right, it's it's human nature to snap, mm-hmm. and we have such an instinct for war and violence as men, you know. And you see these boys, they're just, they're primed. They weren't much different to the Palestinians getting excited, okay? Um, we, it can all just end very badly, or we can reestablish a kind of a proper order of things. And that will yeah. require some sort of revolution. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, I agree. how that's actually going to come about uh, remains to be seen. That's Dan, the hard bit. Yeah, we, I think we can agree on that one, that uh, something needs to change because if we carry on on this trajectory that we're on, and you rightly pointed out, you know, th- th- these type of things, they're speeding up and they're becoming more concentrated at the minute. That's why I was referencing the last three years. Absolutely everybody worldwide can identify with what we're talking about. Uh, we definitely need uh, a new order. And I'm not talking about the new world order here. We just need new order because the way things are going at the minute they're fundamentally broken and uh yeah uh something something has to give so thank you dan uh, very much by yeah. the way for calling in this morning and for your input there this morning that's dan from new south wales yeah natalie we do we do need uh I call it a revolution if you like, uh, but it's going to have to be very finely balanced uh, to make sure that it doesn't descend into utter chaos and apocalyptic yes. bloodshed yeah, and that, and that's that's uh, the difficult thing for me. It's finding that balance. We we need a resistance. We need a revolution. But if it, if it's done via violence, um, you know, it you're going to kill a hell of a lot of people along the way. 
Um, and then and then rebuilding. You're not going to be building back better uh, using their awful phrase. Um, you know, a lot of people will be um, in trauma from losing their relatives. You know, is is that really what we want? If if we get better, do we want to lose half of our friends and family along the way by doing it? I don't. I, I personally don't think so. Uh, I would like to think there's a better way. Uh, but people power moving on to something positive, uh, mm-hmm. and this shows you for me uh, something that does actually work. Um, use if you don't want or don't agree with something. You know, use your purchasing power. Don't go out and buy it. Electric vehicles. People are showing the government, people are showing uh, the manufacturers, we're not interested. We're not going to follow your agenda. We're not going to follow your narrative. Discounts now are up by 323% on electric vehicles. Uh, The the savings on them uh, are about 5,000. They're having to reduce them uh, just off the uh, forecourt. Basically, because the manufacturers have got these targets, nobody wants them. They want petrol. They want diesel. They've only gone up about 120% petrol and diesel, 323% discount. And they said it's going to get higher next year on electric vehicles because the manufacturers have got even bigger targets to hit. But nobody wants them. Nobody else can go and buy them. The majority of ones that have been purchased are all on company schemes because they're getting discounts. So it's not the public going out and buying them. It's on company schemes. This shows you people power. We can stop these electric vehicles. Just if people literally stop buying them, if the company schemes stop buying them, what can they do, Rick? How can they keep making them if no one's going to buy them? Well, they can't, and that's the whole point, and that's why I think they're desperate to shift them off the forecourts by whatever means necessary. That's if even if it means taking a huge cut in profits or even suffering a small loss uh, just to remove them and stop these uh, stockpiles building up. And of course, you rightly pointed out a lot of these are bought uh, by companies, and there's government subsidies on the back of buying yeah. an EV. So it's a little bit like um, solar power. If you can get a subsidy to put some of those panels on your roof, you're more likely to do it. If you have to fork out, for example, seven or eight thousand pounds to put you know a dozen solar panels on your roof you're much less likely to do that unless it's being subsidized by the government and this also links in by the way of the story that you of whoa that you gave us this morning about your insurance premiums going up by 100 quid a year uh don't forget we've already covered uh, a few months ago that uh, insurance premiums for evs were up to sometimes five and a half thousand pounds a yeah, year that's for people with uh huge low uh long-term no claims discounts basically insurers a lot of insurers don't want to cover these cars and some insurance companies have pulled out of the market completely they're refusing to insure them because of the possibility that they'll get uh catch on fire and if the batteries get damaged as well it can be twenty thousand quid just to replace the battery in an EV, let alone the vehicle itself. So I think the bubble is starting to burst. And the best way to gauge that is by the amount of sales and the amount of huge discounts that are being offered to get rid of these things. Uh, I think uh, they're a dead duck. Yeah, and, and, and it shows you what people power can do. You know, they can keep pushing their propaganda as much as they like as they like. But if we stand up for what we believe, um, and this is this is one of those stories. Uh, so keep doing it. Just keep telling keep going out there and telling people how mm-hmm. awful these electrical vehicles are. Tell them about the fires, tell them about the insurance, you know, get word of mouth out there because we're they're still pushing that they're needed for the climate. But the real story we know is something different. Um, we've got uh, uh can 
we take a quick break now before we go on to another story, uh, Murray? And then uh, we'll come back and uh, we've got an important New York law change that we need to tell you about here at TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I've been in and around politics for over 50 years, so it takes a lot to surprise me, much less shock me. But I was shocked, shocked, not that so many Argentines voted for Javier Malay, but that the Peronist powers that be allowed him to win the election. And the thing that made me the happiest for my Argentine friends is the video that Malay put out where he went down the row of a magnetic board that had all the Argentine government ministries listed and all the irrelevant ones, pulled them off the magnetic board over his shoulder, they're gone, no more. That's exactly what we need to have happen here in the United States. We need Donald Trump back in January of 2025 to streamline our government. We need to move the Department of the Interior actually out into the interior. We need to move the Department of Agriculture to where we commit agriculture. And most importantly, we need to defund and disband FBI and distribute its law enforcement functions to other agencies that have their own law enforcement capability already stood up. Can't have Donald Trump back fast enough. I'm glad that Malay is going to make Argentina great again. We need Donald Trump here to make America great again. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Wow, we had so much to cover and I'm not going to get time to do it all. But this one was an important story uh, that you needed to know about. Uh, This comes from New York, um, a rule that allows the state head department to lawfully order someone to involuntary isolate or quarantine to control a highly contagious disease such as COVID-19 has been reinstated in a unanimous decision by a mid-level appellate court. That's that's big news. Um, out, uh, you know, out of the blue, COVID's not there at the moment. Um, it basically means you'll have no option to fight it, no court date, uh, no rule has um, any age limit. They can just keep you as long as you like. Uh, why put that in now? At the same time, uh, China has a mystery child pneumonia outbreak uh, reported, uh, but n- not good. It's a, it's a rule that, you know, whilst you can do it, put in, in an emergency, and even that I don't agree with. There is no COVID-19 at the moment. There is no virus. Yet New York have reinstated a rule saying they can quarantine you against your will basically if they so wish to do so quite deeply concerning rick 
it is um we have to bear in mind as well that there's a there's also a, a concentrated effort going on by the world health organization to bring in you know a, another way of working should another so-called pandemic hit us that everybody has to work in lockstep together because of course different countries had different rules and regulations during the last three years some places like sweden didn't really close down at all some places uh, had mandatory vaccination if you wanted to be a public service worker like new york but it didn't apply if you were in for example florida australia's rules were different from different territory to different state new zealand's were different than canada's which was different than ireland's so we know that the who are trying to lock everybody in together for the next one because they're already talking about there will be another one and i think what's happening here in new york natalie is and that was one of the worst places in america to be new york and california were particularly bad uh this lady <coughs> excuse me the governor kathy hochel uh, in a landmark case for the government has said that uh, isolation and quarantine procedures will give the state of new york the ability to come into your home and take you away to quarantine without any notice and for any virus or infection that they deem necessary and you won't have an option to fight it no court date nothing the rule has no age limit and they can keep you as long as you like so think about what what has just been read out there anybody of any age can be taken at any time for as long as they want and held for as long as they want for anything that they deem to be a risk that is without a shadow of a doubt the biggest overreach of power that we have yet to see in any of the madness that we've been covering over the last uh, two to three years here this is about as bad as it gets and this is what's being drafted and brought into new york as we speak yeah and and, and new york i wonder if uh, they like to test things out don't they i wonder if mm -hmm. they're trying it in new york because it was one of the most severe places in america with restrictions and i'm wondering mm -hmm. if they have put this through to see if they can get away with it to see if there's going to be a big uprising if they get away with it in new york and they can keep this in place uh it, it's all ready for the who pandemic treaty because this is the type of rule that is going to be put in that new who pandemic treaty so that's why we wanted to point it out to you because it, it, it's uh gone quiet on on that front you won't see that much in the mainstream media but it has something that's happened and you can look that one up um another one uh that was interesting that we saw um uh, over the last couple of days venice is to unveil a date for tourist entry in 2024 it's going to be a tourist tax scheme now this for a change it's not about climate change. They're not. They're not saying on this occasion. It's not like you, Les. It's not coming into the uh, into the city and saying, "Oh, you know, we've got to sort out the pollution." They are saying they've got too many tourists and they need to protect the city. And therefore, if you only go for one day, you're going to be charged uh, about four pound fifty. I think it's no four pound thirty five per head uh, for entry to uh the city for the day if you stay however for more than one day then you don't have to pay a charge but basically they don't want any day visitors which doesn't make much sense to me um but it looks to me more that they just want the money it's just another money grabbing exercise mm. but it also may be a test as well is this the start of things to come they don't want us to travel as we know we've heard about 15 minute cities if they start charging to go into towns to go into cities is this another way rick to to try to stop people traveling or you know you know make it less attractive 
Well, it's definitely going to put people off. Um, I can say, I can hold my hands up here and say I'm guilty. I have taken a day trip to Venice uh, a long time ago, back in 2020. And my honeymoon, actually, we went up to uh, North Italy and instead of Verona. But we decided to jump on a train one day and go down and check out Venice, which was absolutely beautiful. Uh, but the prices of everything there are exorbitant anyway. And the amount of money that we spent on pizza and ice cream and various trinkets when we were there more than would have covered the £9 70, uh, 4.35 ahead or £8.70 between me and my wife. So I've, I, it's hard to know with this one. I think also what they're maybe trying to do is get people directed to staying overnight because one of the reasons why you don't stay uh, for a long period of time in Venice is because the, the hotels are crazy, crazy expensive and very difficult to get. So maybe it's trying to get people to uh, cough up bigger amounts of money to stay. Or as you've rightly pointed out, it's like, you know what? I'm not paying nine quid just to go and walk around that place because I'm going to be spending money in there anyway. Maybe go to somewhere else uh, that yes. doesn't charge me any money. I think that's uh, it's a mixture of all of those things at the minute. Uh, but yeah, yeah, if you can get there, at least this was going back 23 years ago. It was a beautiful place. I don't know what it's like now, but I don't know that would pay nine quid just for the privilege of getting off the train uh, to walk around the city and be mugged literally by shop owners, ice cream owners and pizza places, yes. uh, exorbitant prices just to just to have a walk around in Venice. Yeah. So Tanta says in the online chat, only the well-off can afford to stay in Venice, mm -hmm. uh, backing up what you're saying. But an interesting one to look out for, because as we know, if they get away of it, and uh, other governments see that Venice are making a mint from it. Mm -hmm. Other towns and cities in the West will think this is a very good idea and they will jump on the bandwagon too. Uh, but uh, like we've got another... It's like, uh, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like just, uh, think about it. It was trialled uh, a year and a half ago in 20 different places in the UK. Glasgow, uh, Birmingham, Oxford, you know, even Bath have brought it in. Now, now look at the proliferation of cities and towns that are wanting to bring in ULAS charges. Even Drakeford in Wales wants to bring yes. in a nominal ULAS charge there too. So it starts somewhere, Natalie, and then if it takes root and the council see that they make money, then they roll it out uh, further afield. So maybe this is what's happening uh, over in Venice. Yeah, and so yeah, keep an eye on it. Once we if once we see Venice are making a lot of money, uh, people are going to jump on the idea elsewhere. Uh, we we still got time to run through the uh, Dutch election. Uh, so we've got very odd all in a week. We've got a mad Argentinian running round. <laughs> looking like Benny, Benny Hill, Hill with an odd haircut, mm -hmm. with an odd haircut, um, screaming that he hates leftist. And now we've got another supposedly what they're calling far right anti-immigration uh, politician that's now come into Dutch politics. Um, after 25 years in Parliament, the Freedom Party is set to win 37 seats, but he needs to make another coalition. Uh, but Big news, really, again, over in the Netherlands, because uh, it's a big change for them. He's he's outwardly, you know, uh, anti-immigration. They're saying he's Islamophobic. The other thing that I have noticed that people have said in X, both of them, the Argentinian and, and this uh, Dutch politician, have been waving Israel flags. Now, we know the West are... Uh, the Western politicians are pushing uh, their support for Israel. It is interesting that despite being far right, both are displaying Israel flags. So I don't know where that sits, just something maybe to to, to think about. Uh, but um, it, uh, 
I don't see a celebration here. Something feels not quite right about this Argentinian in this Dutch win. I don't know if it's for more division. I don't know if once they're in power, they're just going to actually not follow through on what they're going to do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we see something different. I don't know what your kind of gut feeling is on this, Rick, but it doesn't feel like a celebration to me. No, definitely not. And uh, yesterday I was talking with my chum, uh, Fabio Vici, who's uh, an Italian, who's a professor over in Cardiff University. But we were reflecting on this time last year when Georgia Maloney uh, came onto the scene in Italian politics. And think about it. She's she's like a female version of this crazy guy, Javier Malay from uh, Argentina. She burst onto the scene. She came out with some fiery rhetoric. She promised she was going to cut down on immigration. She was going to close the border. She was going to do this. She was going to do that. And then promptly fell in line saying that she was fully supportive of Zelensky in Ukraine. And of course, then the border policy in Italy has went from bad to worse under her uh, governance. So I think it's the same thing. These larger than life, almost caricatures are being inserted. Now, and this guy, Javier Malay, that you referenced, uh, the Argentinian guy, he is banzai. I mean, I mean like he's, he's so Obvious. over the top. Uh, it's 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 almost uh, it's almost like a troll job. This guy cannot possibly be real, but yet there he is. And then Geert Wilders, uh, the guy that you're talking about here this morning from um, uh, the Netherlands, who likes who looks like he's going to be the next uh, successor there. As you say, they're very much uh, backing the establishment. Uh, they're very much, you know, let's face it. At this point in time, candidates that are pushing for more open borders are very less likely to be uh, elected. So that's why you're seeing these uh, so-called right-wing politicians like Malay, Maloney, uh, and now this guy Wilders in the Netherlands being brought in. But I think he was banned. Uh, I read he was banned from coming to the UK about 15 years ago because of his stance in this. So it's been long running. But yeah, he's going to be a very polarizing character. And of course, polarity and division and left it's, and right and pro yes. and anti is exactly what they want. So that's what these guys are going to stoke up. They're going to drive a big wedge straight down the middle of society. And yeah, and, and you wonder to a degree, like you said, uh, with Maloney, are we being played? Are, are, have the Dutch been played a bit? Have the Argentinians, once they get into power, are they going to follow through with what they were kind of promising before? You know, they've been compared to Trump, both of them now. Like, But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, just like Maloney, if once they come in, we've already seen them with the Israel flags, yep. they'll start backing Ukraine, they'll start saying... Well, actually, once now we are in power, we can't quite follow through on what we said we're going to do. And here's here's the list of what we're actually going to do, whether whether that will be by choice, whether that's been planned and deliberate or whether they will get threats and there will be backhanders and they will feel they have no choice to do that. But definitely Argentina, Argentina or Argentina and uh, the Netherlands are one to watch at the moment, because um, if we do see that, then this is going to be a plan that they are going to try for the rest of the West. They're going to they're going to put these divisive characters. They're going to try get them in, and then they're going to try change their 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 plan and their politics. Rick, yeah, they are, and again, time will tell. And think about this: the things that you've just outlined and described, Natalie. Are they going to are they going to go back on their promises? Think about who has actually kept their election promises or how many of these so-called leaders have actually followed through with their election promises? The answer is uh, slim to zero chance of that actually happening. So I've no reason to believe that uh, uh, 
uh, Malay over in Argentina or Wilders in the Netherlands will be any different. And don't forget as well, uh, Poland is currently going through a big period of change, although it's going they the have. opposite direction. Uh, they're going from a very closed border policy towards one that could so, be potentially open border. And they think Austria will do the same thing next year. So yeah. this is an unprecedented time of political upheaval right across the world. It's not just localized to um, uh, Europe. This is right across the world. And obviously, I know there'll be uh, uh, some big Trump supporters, I'm sure, listening or in the online chat. But obviously, Trump wanted to build the wall. That's what mm -hmm. you know he was famous for. And instead, he ended up pushing vaccines and uh, pushing mm -hmm. restrictions. So, you know, if you are a Trump supporter out there, um, what is that he actually did that he followed through that actually was so far right? Because I can't off the top of my head think of a big policy that he did, Rick. Because uh, no, you know that's he, what he's known for. But 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 what what it, did he do once he was in power that was that was ultimately far right apart from stoke up division in America? The, there's always a fly in the ointment with these people. Okay, so irrespective, you know, uh, when Trump infamously said he was going to lock up Hillary Clinton, which he didn't do, he was going to drain the swamp which he didn't do, and he was going to build a wall, which arguably he did start to do. But then when Biden came in, the first thing that he did was reverse that, and now we'll have effectively an open border between Mexico and America. People are piling into California or to uh, Texas and California, and then they're being bussed up to New York. We're covering that incessantly. And of course, Trump lords himself as the godfather of warp speed vaccine development and deployment. He's never made any apologies for that. He still takes full ownership of that. So we're respectful of what you think he accomplished or didn't accomplish in other areas. You can't take that away that he still proudly wears that badge of the godfather of the vaccine on his lapel. So uh, you have to take everything that guy says with a little pinch of salt or a big pinch of salt, I would think. Yeah, and uh, we've only got a few minutes to go, but uh, it's worth um, pointing out that not everybody uh, uh, can get away with it. More than 230 convicted in Italy, Italy mafia trial. Now, I always thought the mafia would be safe, but uh, if you want to look it up, um, there's lots of people that have uh, gone gone to prison, uh, whether, whether it was real justice, whether it's some red tape, I don't know, Rick, but uh, not everyone is always safe. People power, no, maybe. I and the real criminals, uh, there's 230 of these mafiosos have been locked up for up to 30 years at a time. But ironically, uh, the governments, who are, are arguably the world's biggest gangsters of all, I've yet to see Matt Hancock being arrested, or Chris Whitty, or Patrick Valance, or anybody else for that matter that's opening our borders and destroying our countries. So the real gangsters, in my opinion, are still walking the streets as bad as the mafia are. They could learn a thing or two from the British and the Irish and the Australian and the New Zealand and the Canada and the America and the France government. I don't know what, maybe I'm being over the top there, but that's what I'm saying. These are the real mafioso. Amen. And it's time to go. I can't top that. Uh, I've got to go. Uh, I'm going to have a great weekend. You also have a great weekend and keep on listening to Rick at Locked and Loaded. Bye-bye. I'm Natalie Chill. This has been TNT.